Sentire Media for another installment of the podcast from Italy. I'm Jason. Ciao, I'm Ashley. And together we run own operate La Tavola Marche in the foothills of the Pini, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is it our... hasn't changed. No. <laughs> we did one of these a month ago for uh, those actually listen- the dozens around the world listening. We are one month older, a little bit fatter. <laughs> 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 and ready to do another one, I Sadly, guess. Sadly, so true. <laughs> <laughs> Words were never so true. Um, so we'll try. That's Should we make that our, uh, a resolution? Let's just do it once a month. All right. We'll shoot it. for that. We'll shoot for that. All right. That's not really that difficult. No, to it say. shouldn't be. One hour every four weeks. Mm-hmm. All right. Here we go. Let's do it. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. What have we been up to? Well, since the last podcast was beginning of January, right? We were ending it with a teaser that we were headed to our friends Carlo and Gigia, who have a farm um, just outside of Urbino that raise Cintasinese pigs. Now, if you listen to the podcast, you might remember we had a little conversation slash argument, whatever, of what Cintasinese pigs look like. You were right. You are right. Jason was certain they were spotted, and I was certain it had a stripe down the middle. One more time. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, it has a, yeah, it has a stripe over the yeah. shoulders. Yes. Mm-hmm. You were correct. A 100%. Thank you. Consider Just... this your public apology? <laughs> Very good. I, that is excellent. <laughs> so we went up there, and we haven't seen them in freaking years. Even though we live so close, we all get so busy with our own lives and everything. And we used to do our butchery workshops with them each year. And so many of you who listen might remember them. And anyway, we went up to their farm and had a lovely lunch and just great to reminisce and everything. And we talked pigs. They're coming. We got two weeks from today. They're coming. Uh, We're going to get, I think, castrated. We're going to, we're not, I don't think we're going to breed the pigs first off. I think we're going to just raise two pigs and see how that goes. And then if we, if that goes well, We'll start breeding. So we're going to get two castrated males. They're going to be about 30 kilo. About three months. About three, three months old. Mm-hmm. And we're, I'm ready. So now we're just trying to figure out transportation. It was hilarious because uh, they were very nervous of certain documents needed to transport them and this and that. And we're all doing it uh, kind of in the black, if you will. Well, no. Since we're not doing this to – we're not going to raise the meat to sell it. Exactly. It's just for a f- – family it's private yeah you don't have to follow the same regulations as you would you know with the tags and the blah 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 exactly it's a certain registering things anyway it's all back roads between their house and our house like serious back roads and it was like we don't need to worry about this transportation well well, kind of how we got we have a a van but well we have to figure out if we're using our vehicle how we are kitting out the back of the caddy my, my idea was to line the we have a uh, it looks like a delivery van. It looks like a delivery van that you see all over Europe. My idea was to line the sides of it with pallets and then just throw down a bunch of straw. And hopefully they won't. And hope for the best. Hope for the best. And this way, if they start, I mean, they're 30, well, 30 kilo pig. Could, that's a, that could, that's a pig, still a pig. If they don't settle down. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, or they might bring them, he was saying as well. So we've got to figure that out. But I would much rather ha- pay someone to bring them over. Absolutely. But if you pay someone uh, the animal transport, they don't just transport animals without, without the total proper documentation because they only transport animals for... Uh, commercial. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe not. We'll see. We live in a farming community. We'll figure it out. We know a guy. We know a guy. <laughs> a big guy. That's the least of our problems. It's going to turn out, we're going to look back on this in three months and be like, remember when we thought that, thought was, that a- was the problem? Exactly. Um, but the next step with the pigs is setting up their food and water station. And otherwise, everything's pretty good. The house is ready. The I got to figure out, yeah, do I just, for the this winter, while it's freezing every morning, should I just bring down water every morning? Or do I want to, I left a, um, 
I'm I'm kind of roughed in with that. Well, it's very Italian. They suggested we wait for the weather to warm up just a little because it's just too cold for them to be alone. <laughs> <laughs> At least they're with their the pack right now. So, um, but beginning of March, exactly. Beginning of March, so they will take about two years to. They grow slow. This is the slow type. So it's going to take about two years for them to become. Um, mature enough to worth slaughtering well and as jason just mentioned the weather's been erratic we've had a few snowstorms which is nice um we definitely need the snow for the water but um then yesterday was 21 and the during at the high but we woke up and it was negative eight so one hell of a swing this morning now is two two or three degrees when we first woke up and jumped to seven. Who knows what the high will be today? And that's centigrade. I don't know. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Anything. Google it. But Gigi's right about the nights still are so, can be so cold. So we'll keep waiting, but we're excited. Pigs are coming. Pigs are coming. Speaking of pigs, do you want to mention how the sausage did? Oh yeah. It's as we predicted, uh, 40 kilos of salamis and sausages, not garbage, but not done properly. And they will not last through the summer. I'm Bum- done. I'm, I quit. Bummer. I quit. Wah, wah, wah. Um, so what else happened? Well, we had some of the, when we had during one of the snowstorms, uh, sadly, it meant that the blessing of the animals done at the church by the priest each year was going to be postponed due to snow every year usually in late january early february i'm sure there's a date i just of course there's I'm, a date i'm not looking uh-huh. it up um of course i don't know <laughs> um they do the benediction of the of the animals and people bring anything you can bring any animal to the piazza and the and the priest gets up there and blesses all the animals and then there's horses to chickens to everything, everything. donkeys Cows, snake. <laughs> snakes, birds, you name it, it's there. And uh, we're going to bring old Leroy, the Great Dane, this year for his first... Uh, we were so excited. I was super excited. It got snowed out. But what didn't get snowed out was the polenta afterwards. Correct. So we had prenotatoed. Um, you had to make a reservation via WhatsApp. Everything's via WhatsApp. And um, so it was like I sent him a message that morning going... Oh, is, it st- is the polenta still on, even with the snow? And he s- gave me the thumbs up, and it was like, all right, it's on. So the priest doesn't come down. The piazza's empty, but we're stirring the polenta. Oh, hell yeah. And finally polenta the right time of year. Our freaking Piobico, I love them, and I do love the polenta, but they do it in August. End of August, beginning of September for harvest. It makes sense for when you're doing it, but it's so goddamn hot. No one wants a steaming plate of heavy polenta heavy? when it's swelt. It's sweltering outside. Oh my like god! With like there. a rich meat sugo. <laughs> oh my god! You're just like, oh. So finally, it was like, oh sweet, snowing football polenta. Yes. And I drove into town um, through the snow to get it. it was just like not too bad. Ashley makes it seem like she had to like dig the car out. There was a dust, a a heavy dusting. Still, (laughs) it could be Pericoloso. Anyway, headed it, and I loved it because they just had this one door open. Everything was shut on this building, and one door open, and it was half open, steam coming out, and it was where you'd come get your reservation for your polenta. Got a vasoyo for four. um, For two. For two people, and their serving size for four was for eight. Or 16. I don't know. It, it was, was around so for a week. It was around <laughs> for a week. was so much. <laughs> we were like, yeah, let's get it for four so there's some leftovers. Holy shit. That was kilos of it. So, um, <laughs> but that was fun. Um, nice little winter thing because it gets quiet around here. What else was going on? Um, oh, in-town gossip. You oh, guys, uh, I was told by my wife, Ashley, sitting next to me. I don't know. <laughs> that that everyone really likes it when we talk about what's the gossip around town. Okay, here's water cooler talk. Water cooler talk. So gossip around town this whole month has been the bridge that goes over the Candeliano River that connects like 
the um, it's one the main part, road. It's the main road. It connects one part of the little village with the other part where the uh, post office is. And everyone, if you're passing through or if you're going through town, this is the road you go on. I'm sure they found that that bridge was structurally unsound and ready to crumble into Absolutely. the river. Absolutely. Because the amount of work that they're doing on it right now signifies not a repaving, but a... Or painting or, painting, or something. Or just, you know, like, hey, no, they have ripped up one side all the way down to the rebar and are redoing that's everything. what I was just going to say. I was like, we're down to rebar. We that is down not to good. rebar. No, not good. Just makes you think every time we drive around, we just think... Infrastructure, 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 Italian infrastructure. <laughs> please, please just let our car get over this bridge. Um, anyway, um, this has created chaos because now they have put one of those automatic stop, like uh, temporary uh, removable stoplights in Piobico. And it goes 24-7 because there's only now one, they're doing one lane at a time. It's a, just one lane each direction. It's hysterical. Would you like to describe why it's hysterical? Well, part of it is that um, no one stops at that stop sign first. No, this this interchange is the road that goes through town, but the uh, or go wraps around town, and it's that that's the main road. But it also has a connection with the side road that goes down the main it's little tree line it's street. A it's kind of a little Y, yeah. if you will, and or looped Y, um, curved Y, and, uh, <laughs> and so. Exactly. The stop sign no one used to stop at anyway. If you don't see traffic coming either direction, you just go. Exactly. So now there is a backup in three directions, and you can't see around one of the corners well if you're coming from a Pecchio through. If you're at the stop sign, the old stop sign, that you can see every angle. So you're real tempted to go because you could see. And the other one coming from the other direction by where the post office is, that gets so backed up. And it has just become a shit show that now people either just go. You started hearing lots of honks yesterday. There, yesterday I went into town to do some shopping and I was in the fruit de vendo, the fruit and vegetable shop. And all I heard were honks, honks, honks. And cars with facing each other and going around each other. Someone trying like, to go backwards. Yeah. And it was like, oh, okay. No one's respecting the light anymore because... It's 24-7, and the light is long. It's long. It's a long light. Oh, and it is – there is the idea that it will be there till April. That's the word on the street is this is till spring, and it makes sense now because you, it, they've only done one half, and we've been at it a month. Anyone who's been here, Piopico is tidy. There's no light. There's nothing. So this is the biggest thing at, to hit Piopico ever and as, in traffic sense. And it's hilarious because now Jason will be like, well, I couldn't go to pick up the package because it was on the other side of town and the light was too long and there's no way I'm waiting. <laughs> it's not like just go park the car and walk. It's what would be the Even equivalent of park the car and walk. I still have to wait through the light to do the little weird U-turn. To I come know back the, other the way. whole thing. It's such a disaster. It's all anyone can talk about. <laughs> I know. <laughs> So that's the hot topics in Piobico. Let me tell you, this is the, this is the fast, fast times in Piobico. We live life on the edge out here. Um, speaking of living life on the edge, hilariously, Gaji has gotten into living life on the edge, a.k.a. online shopping. This has been a really dangerous topic for him for years. Um, he doesn't trust it. He doesn't trust online shopping. He thinks that as soon as you put in your credit card to buy anything, they're going to um, steal your identity and show up at your house to rob everything. Like, absolutely. Absolutely. But he does like two things. He likes the convenience now, and he likes the savings. because Well, he likes the security also because the convenience and the security is you're doing it for him. Yes. I will get... <laughs> I will get I will get phone calls. Usually uh, it's seven thirty in the morning right now. We should be getting a phone call shortly. We will be getting a phone call shortly. Um, uh, I saw something on Agri Euro. Agri Euro is like this big, huge um, agricultural site. It's got everything from chainsaws to far, to equipment for tractors to shears for pruning. Like they've got everything, and they got really good prices. So I'm sure he talks to uh, one, one of, of his, his buddies. buddies and says, "Oh, Agri Euro is having a sale." They, and he, he uh, 
I need a small pruning chainsaw. It's or on- he would he'd really only see this on on a commercial or a circular because he's not like scrolling online. No, 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 no. Or no, getting no, no. an email update about any of this. No, stuff. he he's this, the- or it's word of mouth. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's a cir- he's a goes through the the uh, circulars that you mail to the <laughs> house know. guy. I do too now. Well, because they still do a lot of that here in Italy. Um, so he uh, he tells me to buy them this chainsaw. I say, no problem. Absolutely. It'll be here in 48 hours. So um, next time I see him. Oh, first of all, this is also hilarious because this is when it had snowed. And so he wasn't going to go up to his house, but they were driving through town. And Jason was like, great, I'll meet you. He's like, where can we possibly meet? I'm like... <laughs> You're driving through Piovico because they were they had to go over to Umbria to Chita di Castello. They were they're staying at their house in Fano because it's on the coast. It's warmer. Um, and I go, what do you mean? Where it's Piovico? Can meet one of the three bars. We can meet at the gas, gas station? station. Where like? And he's like, okay, okay, okay. So I meet, so I go up there and it's and uh, they're doing well and we get a coffee and whatever and we come back out to the car. I'm like, let me give you your package. And he, I go and open the car door and he looks at it. He goes, that's too big. That's not my package. I go, it's definitely yours. He goes, why is the box so big? I go, I don't know. I didn't pack it. Open it up. He wouldn't trust it like some sort of weird dog backing up. He told it and like backing up like, uh-uh, 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 uh-uh not uh-uh, mine. Not mine. <laughs> and I go, all right, well, let's open it. If it's not yours, they, they'll refund. I've ordered from this place. They have thousands of euros of my money. Like, I've, I've ordered. I've never some done it wrong. Never done it wrong. We open it up. It's exactly what he orders. He goes, why is it in such a big box? <laughs> I didn't pack it. I didn't pack it. I don't know. That's just how they did it. I know. It's because the guy who hates his job doesn't care and just filled this box. Just a classic gaudy interaction, to be <laughs> honest. That was. It's just, it's not a big story or anything like that, but that's just classic interaction. Like, it's just always something <laughs> with this guy. Nah, that's not mine. Anyway, Godster's on the coast right now. Like I said, they now that hunting season's over and it's kind of the dog days of... The winter, they stay out there, and he'll come out every couple of weeks for the afternoon. If the weather's nice this weekend, you'll probably see him, but um, there's not much going on, so they stay out there. We need to actually go down there and have lunch or something. We will. And when I say down there, it's 45 minutes from our house on the coast in Fano. It's not not the uh, drive. It's not the biggest drive in the world. No, we do it all the time. Um, Would you like to talk about Shit River? AKA your shithole. <laughs> it's not what it sounds like. <laughs> well, now that it's now that everything's now that sorted, now that everything's sorted, we can talk about this. So okay. we had, I had a big, big problem at the end of the summer, like September. I noticed that the one of the access holes on the other side of the street was underwater constantly, and it had. Um, it had like gray water, not like water straight from the septic, but like it wasn't, I wouldn't drink that water and it had a sulfury smell to it. And I thought that I put my pad, cement pad on. So what happened was then you're like, what the hell is this? So you go and get the paper. I go and get the paper of the diagram of the, um, of the septic system for the entire house. And it turns out that they put the drain field on the other side of the road right where i put my cement pad for the animal sure shit <laughs> literally and i thought oh, i i i fucked up bad we I, put down the cement uh slab feet like how many feet from it I just missed it. Like, yeah. I just missed it. Exactly. So I, like, I can't believe the luck I have that we didn't put it on top. But we assumed that the work that was being done there and the heavy equipment and all of that uh, compacted and um, damaged this drain field. Drain field. So that now the soil is too compacted and, and it can't, the water can't kind of 
uh, filter through it like it's supposed to do, and it's a big, big problem because you have to dig everything up and redo the drain field, and you're, you're talking like heavy machinery and truckloads of like different kinds. Oh of rock. yeah, so Jason's immediately like, okay, how do we do this? <laughs> do we need to rent equipment? And he's talking about getting rocks delivered and drains getting made and all of this stuff. I thought for sure I was screwed. Like I was I, like, just call the septic guy out. He's like, no, 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 no. Ashley's going for her second public apology of the <laughs> of the podcast. So, so finally, it's like, all right. I tried to uh, unblock it because this one little ac- the last access kind of um, hole before the drain field was always underwater. Um, so it was draining, but it wasn't draining properly. And uh, and so I called. Finally, called the septic guy. Side out. note. Side note. Anyone who is a fan of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, just note, Jason has the heart of Charlie Kelly. <laughs> at, its, at its heart, he weirdly loves this stuff. Oh, it this sounds stuff. so gross. Like, and he's like, I got to get in there. I got to get over there. My, I got to go down and work on my shithole today. <laughs> so, so, so I call the septic guy up. He comes he's out with telling the story with a smile, folks. He, he comes out with this giant truck with this giant, like, think of... um. It's a hose that has the most incredible vacuum you've ever seen in your life. And he vacuums out the whole end of the um, tube going towards the drain field. And sure enough, you hear it. It goes thump. And out comes this big plug of, like, leaves and sticks and all this. It wasn't, like, toilet toilet paper. paper. It's, like, just, like, it's under two, like, the axe. I don't know. Stuff gets in there. Mm-hmm. And, oh, um, and it's been 20 years. Yeah, 20 years since we've cleaned it out. Because um, Fushiani never did it. And we've been we've here 15. We've been here 15. So, um, and then all of a sudden when he did that, you hear all the water rushing. Everything is going down the drain field. Nothing is clogged up. It's working as it's supposed to. Holy crap, bullet dodged. The only thing we have to do is find all the access panels for all the we have four different septic tanks and a main uh main like decomposition tank i don't even know what you call mm-hmm. it um we have to open find the access holes for all of them and he's going to come back probably early next month and suck all those out and we're good to go so what we've done for the past 15 years is drop little satchel pods we've dropped a enzyme that's a natural enzyme that breaks down it's like a little pod yeah and you drop them once a week uh-huh. and, in all the toilets and that helps break down um all the matter in your septic and it's he says it doesn't work but that's a septic guy whose job it is to come out and suck it these things. has to work we've been here 15 years with a whole lot of shitters <laughs> and guests throughout the years there's no way, kids rolling the toilet paper all that stuff that there's no way that so I think they do help, to, yeah. But I think every once in a while you do still mm-hmm. have to have it all sucked out mm-hmm. professionally. So we get to do that. That'll be ugh, what a day. Oh my god, that'll be a great day. <laughs> so major bullet dodge. Oh yeah, I was. This was. Oh my god, be we my, thought we thought this is going to be the spring. Like oh my god, we have to redirect gonna... the tube. This and hello, the thing goes if there's a problem with where the this drainage field this is where we've put the animals so it's like oh literal shit also i think if you have to redo it you have to come up to the standards of 2023 which not god only knows who knows what the standards that if If there's no checks and standards in this house yeah, so I'm sure it's like, oh, no, 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 you can't just – you were grandfathered in because you already had it done, but you can't redo it in this manner. You have to do it how – and maybe – what happens if they're like, you can't even put it there anymore? I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't. I don't want to find out. I'm glad most people around here don't speak English because if they heard this podcast, we're screwed too. Absolutely. Don't tell anyone. No, just keep it between us, guys. Um, NL Bill arrived. <laughs> NL Bill <laughs> Speaking arrived. to house stuff <laughs> and country living. So I don't know if you've checked the news lately, but we got a little bit of energy thing going on in, in um, Europe. Uh, most of the countries and whether what how why ever you believe that is because (laughs) it the reality is our nl bill went to five our nl sorry power bill went to 500 euros for two people in december and ashley was gone half the month we don't have nothing on 
we had some Christmas lights and then, but not for the whole month because we had shut them off as of December 1st. We blew them up for November because it was the old bill. <laughs> and it was like, yep. And, or the old pricing structure. And then we knew it was going to change. And so we shut it down until like the week of Christmas and then put the lights back on. But, um, yikes. Well, yeah. Normally for the two of us, it could be 120 bucks, maybe. Mm-hmm. It depends on like, like one, yeah, hundred bucks, hundred and twenty bucks. So now it went to five, and that is that is laughable because it's just two of us. What happens when the summer comes around and we fill this house and we have all the lights on and all the things going, and it's going to be. So don't be surprised on your next trip to Italy, whether it's with us, a big hotel, another farm, a bed and breakfast. Prices are going up for everything because the cost of living, the cost of energy, the cost of food has all just ratcheted up. Whatever they say on the news, the percentages, it's BS. Everything's gone up way it's 30, like it's Our lives are a third more expensive. Mm-hmm. Easily. Yep. So just FYI, when you're like, God, it looks like Italy got expensive. It did. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Um, We also just got back from a little getaway. We went to um, Lake Garda and Verona. So Ashley went and saw a family. uh, Let me start over. Around the holidays, Ashley went and saw family. I stayed home with the dog. So I've kind of been home since this i don't think summer summer yeah every day all day it's like let's get out of here for three days so we found a place to board the beast (laughs) and we shot up for a uh up to the verona area um lake garda area for a outdoor it was called the european outdoor expo or show sorry european outdoor show so hunting fishing outdoors everything Mm -hmm. i've never been to one of these things no um, when growing up, we'd go to like boat shows. Yeah, remember New York? We went to the concept car show. So we and went stuff. to the car shows and stuff like that. But I've never been to like a hunting, fishing, boating outdoor no. one. And we've gone to the agro ones. Yes, with uh-huh. all the farm equipment. Exactly. So we kind of knew what to expect, but I was still interested, and I didn't like. Do you get to touch guns? Do you like what's going on? Do, do you get to touch all this stuff? Because most of the time, it's no touching. Um, first of all, it was. Almost an hour of touching everyone outside, shoulder to shoulder, because there was only six metal detectors for like fifty thousand people. It was <laughs> oh my god! It took forever to get in. <laughs> uh, Verona's really nice. It's about door to door, three and a half hours from our. It's right at the. You can start seeing the Alps in mm-hmm. Verona. Verona, I like a lot. It's, it's a sweet city. Oh, oh, there's Dr. Gaji. We got to push on, pause. Moment. All right, that was the sorry about that. Uh, actually, no, sorry, not sorry, because you didn't even <laughs> miss a you didn't even miss a second. That was the seven thirty Gaji call. Seven thirty Gaji call usually lasts. I like it. It lasts between thirty and ninety seconds. It's usually an update of the weather uh, and what we are going to be doing today to make sure that. Uh, I don't know. He just wants to know. Uh-huh. And sometimes if the weather gets bad, it'll be a twice daily. So mm-hmm. an afternoon one for like a snow update. He never believes the temperature usually we give him. Nope. Uh- <laughs> don't know why he calls. <laughs> <laughs> I, have a pro- I have a very nice uh, um, weather professional station. weather station that gives us very – well, it used to give accurate information. I don't know anymore. But uh, information on the weather and- – Barometric pressure, wind speed, temperature, the whole nine. Uh, he doesn't believe that thing at all. Yet, every time he comes over, he stares at it. But when he calls, wrong. Wrong. <laughs> how, many, how, how much snow is there? Ten centimeters. No, there's not. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's sunny in Fano. Well, like we just mentioned, it's 45 minutes away and on the coast and we're in the foothills. So it is a little different. All right. Let's get it back on track. All right. Verona. Verona. We talked about nice... Um, oh, it's so lovely. It's so lovely. Plenty of parking. <laughs> there is. It's a nice little city to walk around. Uh, but the let's talk about the expo or okay, the we, show. We talked shoulder to shoulder to get in. There was only like three. You were getting ready to say that you could touch Oh, stuff. yeah. I thought you weren't going to be able to touch anything. I'm, no touching. I was also one of those kids who mom had to remind him before we went in anywhere, no touching of anything. Oh, my mom made us walk in stores, especially if it was antiques or anywhere certain nice this is what she would say to us, hands behind your back. 
And we had to walk with our hands behind our back, holding our hands behind our back. <laughs> I usually just got to don't touch well, anything. Oh, we were spastic. Look how lanky I am. Yeah, These arms true. flail. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I turned to Ashley before we go in. I go, I don't think we could touch anything. No. And he says it like super serious. Like, all right, just. Like, your- most of the time when you go to anything with these kind of expensive, whether it's fishing stuff or like you ask and they'll let mm-hmm. you touch whatever you want. But most of the time you can't touch it all. This was You not- can't touch the produce at the grocery stores here. So there That's you go. That's true. So turn around and there are displays of people touching everything. Um, Guns, fishing pole, like it was there to be touched. It was inc- it was really really cool. Except for one poor guy in the archery section who it, <laughs> it was the one and only exhibit not to be touched, and they didn't have it like bolted in. And so everyone, we went to ask him a question or two, and the entire time he had he was distracted and would have to tell every single person walking by that went to touch it. Please don't touch the display. And it was like, oh, this poor guy. This poor guy, because you're just surrounded of displays that you can everyone could touch. It's... They had pools where you could fly fish to practice, which was cool. Yeah. So um, it was a bit overwhelming because it was packed. It was a zoo. It was a zoo. And we were, really weren't there. to. We had a list of stuff that we were looking for, and it wasn't really guns. No. Um, and then uh, it was more archery. We're trying to get in. We want to get into archery. I, I really like it. Um, I was looking at, I was looking for some hiking pants for taking Leroy on walks and saw some ones in the hunt. Cause I was like, oh yeah, the hunting stuff looks good. Oh my God. 340 euros. And I was like, well, I walk the dog every day. I'm like, Ashley, <laughs> that would be the most expensive pair of pants you own by three times. I know. <laughs> what do you mean? Just to walk the dog. <laughs> so I didn't get those. Um, <laughs> while we were there though, Jason did get hypnotized by something that... Never thought he'd be into. Next door to so the this um, the Fiera of Verona the um, what would you call it the fairgrounds are huge. So there's all these buildings and the expo took up like four buildings and then I think there's like eight or twelve total. So but in the building next to where the where the expo was was a dog show. Never been to a dog show. Never either. Didn't know I was going to a dog show. I just walked through two doors and out in front of me was. They probably had six or eight different, um, yeah, Uh, show zones, pens, paddocks. Small ones, yeah. yeah. And there was a lot of activity. We had dogs. Then there was the Ring of Honor. Oh, yeah. And that was starting at five o'clock. Jason, we weren't sure if we were going to stick around or what. (laughs) Um, But it was just hilarious to also just see all the different types of dogs, to see the whole setups. I just, we, I couldn't stop thinking of the movie Best in Show. It was a bit hilarious. And then Jason comes up to me and he's like, we're going to start doing this. (laughs) And I was just like, oh, my God. We're going to start. Showing the beast, I think so. It was it was pretty. Uh, the primping and the um, the like everything that you see from from what you think a dog show is with the tables and the collars and the 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 people manicuring their dogs mm-hmm. and the outfits and yes. the whole thing. It was it was great. I'll probably hate all of those people. Absolutely, they will. But. We will win it all. <laughs> it's like we're taking it home. I think he's got. I think he's got the stuff to go all the way. <laughs> <laughs> so it was fun. Um, it was cool just to check everything out. We got nothing on our list. We were there for like a tent and a rat and a real raft. Uh, not a cheap one, one that won't pop. We were there for boots, mm-hmm. uh, hiking boots. We were there for... They had else? some boots and stuff, but then it just gets overwhelming with so much stuff going on. It or... really wasn't a buying expo. No. It was a touch it, feel it. And no, then... any of the shoes that I actually saw that that I wanted, they were like, oh, no, no, no. You have to go to our website. Yeah, and I was like, course. I can't even try them on then. No. But um, still, it was fun to... I don't know. It's always fun to see all these... Oh, it's just... It brought out the Italians, like um, just all dapper and dressed up to just your kids and everything. There was a female ratio. What would you say? 100 to 1. There well, let's just put it this way. When we went to the bathroom, there was a line for the guys. Which line been... out the door for guys. And I go, oh, yes, this is when it comes in handy. No line for the ladies. I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> it's usually reversed, yeah? Absolutely. Um so, but that was half of the trip. We only went three nights, but the other half of the trip was there to get 
wine and olive oil. Um, because this little area is a microclimate in near Lago de Garda because they have underground springs, springs thermal, springs, thermal and- springs that keeps the w- keeps the soil at a warmer temperature. Um, it, they produce really, really nice olive oil because the olive oil and uh, in our area to me is too acidic and overpriced. They want like 22 euros a liter for olive oil in our area. And I think – I don't think it's – worth that and up there 10 euros a liter for absolutely gorgeous olive oil that is much more neutral and it's beautiful it's just not that ashley likes the olive oils with the like hard <laughs> acidic finish i want to like choke she on wants the green to choke on the green at i the like end. it i don't like that um it's too much that's not what i want to i'm like oh yeah that's the good stuff and then if you go down to puya um then it's like motor oil like green motor oil Even it just better. stays in your mouth like it coats your entire mm-hmm. mouth and that's all you taste which if you're used to that or if that's your thing okay but it's just like wine different strokes for different folks sometimes you want the neutral one like if you're making pesto you cannot make pesto with a strong olive oil you have to make it with these neutral oils um one like we got near Lago de Garda, or you have to go to the... So the area we went to was on the um, east coast of Garda, and Garda's huge. It's the largest lake in Italy, and um, a huge tourism spot, but in the off-season, it's fantastic. And so we were um, near Bartolino, which is where an Lazis... L-A-Z-I-S. Yeah, there's a lot of vowels in that word. And a Z early on. So I was a little confused. But um, Bartolino and that area. And uh, that is very famous, like Jason was saying, for the olive oil. Um, A lot of rosé comes from this region as well. Really nice wines. Really nice wines. So we went and restocked our cantina. It's always hilarious to go, not for a wine tasting, because we're like there to shop and buy wine. But you got to taste it. at like 9.30 in the morning. But because these are farms and stuff, everyone's open. So it was like, all right, let's get going. And so one morning we drove from basically the bottom of the lake all the way to the tip top. And you end up in the Alps real quick. You do. We didn't realize how far north north it went. Now, um, Lago di Garda is, is not above Milan. Cuomo. Cuomo. <laughs> Como is above Milan. I, I prefer Lago di Garda over Como. Como, yet it's, it's... I don't know. He's a Como hater. I'd like to try it again, but he's not into it, so I'm not sure. But Garda, I really did enjoy. It's nice. Really pretty for drive around. Sweet little towns. Good cheese. They've got different... Uh, they've got more of the Trento... Yeah, you've got... Like Alps kind of cheese. A lot of influence from the north. Everything goes to my stomach. So we're just going to tell you about the olive oil, wine, and cheese. Also, I've even though I don't really drink uh, wine... Every like like the lush next to me, she drinks wine every <laughs> for lunch during every day. I don't like the whites from our area. I think Marcagiani whites are not good. They aren't. They're a little too acidic and they're just not green good. for you. Yeah, I know they're just not. They're good. not as great, to be Wh- honest. Wh- white wine from the Veneto, beautiful, much much, much nicer. Uh, something else which was much, much nicer is to visit this area. The la- I was there last year in November with my, be- my best friend was in town, Michelle. And, um, we drove around a bit and did some of the towns. And then this trip with Jay, we did the whole half side, like I mentioned. Great because there's no traffic. Now, if you're visiting in peak time of year. Oh, in the summer? Yes. There's just, it's a one, it's a two lane road, one direction, one lane each direction, all the way around the lake. And God forbid they're doing some sort of construction or road work or whatnot, and it goes down to one lane. It was fine for us in the winter. There was no one on the road. No, but I'm just thinking. Oh, I wouldn't go back. Oh my God. Oh, and this was just north of Gardalandia. There was Gardalandia. And movie land. Movie land. um, Like the the saddest like it's music they it's are super creepy in a way because they're closed so it's just like oh it's so eerie diabolique all these like random weird rides it's like the off-brand version of of like a six flags or a great america <laughs> yeah, or it's, it's just, just the off-brand one. it's like oh that's cute oh uh-huh. it's just i don't know there's some i am not into it but my god it must get packed there in the summer so just another disaster to avoid so 
Um, just maybe visit them in the fall up there when the all of that stuff's closed. Oh, the, oh and the grapes during the grape and the yeah, that's the a lot nicer. Harvest, yeah. mm-hmm. So, uh, so that was a little three night getaway. We dumped uh, old beast Leroy the Great Dane at the um, at a for the first time. This was this was this was. I thought he was going to go to <laughs> like a Caesar Milan enrichment center where all the dogs frolic together. Well, we've had guests throughout the years who have mentioned and shown us photos of their dogs being boarded at like a swanky dog hotel where they get photos sent each day. There's like a dog cam in the little room where it they get They're all photos of out. Cinco de Mayo yeah. and the dogs are wearing everyone's wearing sombreros. It's like, whoa, they're having a better party than we are. So we were like, we got to find one of these this was not the case no this not, is, i don't know if it exists in italy this is yeah i could not find caesar milan's enrichment center in italy. <laughs> um this this place was recommended by the breeder and she said if, if i leave my dog it's the only place i'll go to so it's like all right if if she leaves hers there i'll leave mine but he's a trainer and so that i'm sure he does really well and his team but it is mainly dog jail it's dog jail so Uh old leroy was not too happy to be there he wasn't traumatized but he was definitely ready to come home and for some reason they taught him to jump up on your shoulders okay so this dog is now we weighed him yesterday he's he's eight months old today and he's 60, 60, 61 kilos. He's like 135 pounds. Big boy. He's a big boy. These jerk-offs taught him to jump up and put his paws on your shoulders. Which I do not want him to Ever. Do. Never. The first two days we had him home, all he wanted to do was jump up on our shoulders. Because I'm sure they won't, don't get dogs like this. And they all want to take selfies <laughs> with my dog on their shoulders. Meanwhile... <laughs> You can't have a 130-pound dog jump on your shoulders. Not into it. Not into it. So that was the only thing. Otherwise, old Leroy was no no worse for wear. I took him for a walk the other day, and we were down um, following the creek back to the road. And um, we heard some – we heard another dog and this and that, and Leroy started barking, and it was like, oh, shoot – um, someone else is out here because I don't put them on a leash. Neither one of us do when we're deep out here. There's uh, especially no, this time. Yeah, this year. time of year. There's the hunting's closed, so it's like there's, there's no, no one out. There's here. no one riding bikes. No, and um, so so I was like, uh, grab the dog, start heading back to the road, and I see the. Um, the <laughs> the dogs are getting shuttled that we had seen in, in down by the ravine uh, into their car, and the two hunters are just truffle, st- truffle hunters. Well, I didn't quite know what they were at first, yeah. but yeah, truffle hunters are just standing at the car waiting for us to come out of the woods. And it was like, what the hell? And they go, oh, we just wanted to see what this dog was because <laughs> they were like, we've never heard. We we thought maybe it was another truffle hunter out here, and but we've never heard a truffle hunting dog that bark like that and they so they were so curious and wanted to meet him and oh he's friendly this and that and I, the one guy said how much does he weigh and i said i don't know i'm guessing around 50 50 kilos we haven't weighed him yet and he goes nope he goes he's definitely more than that and that guy was spot on 10 kilos more but it's just hilarious the reactions out here um because yeah you're not expecting just this booming <laughs> deep in like those um truffle dogs are all small so they have a very specific kind of bark when you hear them uh-huh or yappy mm-hmm. he's he and he sounds does, like a beast he sounds like a beast and he doesn't do multiple barks it's always yeah super big super deep one bark at a time mm-hmm. one ping priscilla one thing. <laughs> so it's been fun. Good times with the dog, big boy. Speaking of dog, it's the dog days of winter. Yeah, these are the time of year, uh, January, late January. I guess there is Carnivala now, but. No, but even just like the grocery store. It's just like, what? <laughs> grocery store? What do you do? What's with the grocery store? No, <laughs> there's nothing right now for fruits and veg. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's the dog days. Of, yeah, the. Uh, so it's like. If you want to see Italy, like really see Italy, when to figure out do I really love this place or not, come in February. Mm-hmm. Not a lot's open. It's the days are shorter. Um, there's not you know the tomatoes and all that stuff in the kitchen. Um, there's no one here. Yeah. Oh my God. That was the other thing. Garda did. So I, it was hilarious going to some of these towns, and it was just like. 
Oh my god! Not dead is in the sense that there's no people. Dead in the sense that none of the shops are open. Mm-hmm. Tons of shops in these little touristy lake towns. But Tons. just shut, shut up. Yeah, nothing, nothing. Shut up. Closed. So it was just that is Italy in the winter. Like you could have. We had some beautiful weather up there, and just like here, you'll have some gorgeous sunny days. But, yeah, if you're traveling in the middle of winter, it's the dog days because nothing's really open and going on. But it is the time to come if you're thinking about moving here because you will get a real feel for what it's like. So this time of year is uh, maintenance, room maintenance, cleanup around, trimming. We're doing lots of uh, pruning right now, shrubs and trees and all that good stuff. And figuring out what are we doing, what's our big project going to be for this, uh, this early spring. Um, but one thing this year we have this month, we have to keep us entertained, which I am so freaking excited. We had our first meeting. It wasn't a class yet, but for archery and we are taking archery classes. Oh my God. Oh my God. This is going to be so much fun though. And very competitive. It's hysterical. Um, joining, (laughs) um, joining a club of any sort in these small towns is really fun because it's really a great way to become part of the community or you it's it's just fun because there is a lot of pomp and circumstance to it whether you're joining a squad for boar hunters or you're joining a squad of people who ride bikes for the local or the choir or the choir there's always like 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 uh there's always first uh, an initial meeting involved so we went so <laughs> before we get it in we're taking the beginner course which is 10 lessons it's an hour and a half each time we were in, we were told this first meeting that we drove to was just we're just gonna sit around and waste everyone's time <laughs> <laughs> listen all of the, the all of the information because it's two towns over so it took longer to drive there each way than the meeting was. Yes, it takes. Yeah, it took thirty-five minutes to drive there, and the meeting was thirty. Um, they could have put all that in one text text message, or just just like save it for the first meeting or totally. first class. Anyway, it's uh, we were in, we were told that the first couple of lessons, more than half the lesson is devoted to stretching. So I was very interested, intrigued in how we we're going to fill 45 minutes a day in stretching, but we'll figure it out. Um, I really like this idea because um, I, we went to a couple of these um, competitions there. Everyone dresses up in like medieval garb and it just seems like a real Zen like hobby that you can get into that doesn't cost a lot of money. You know, you get your bow and your arrows and, and you're kind We're of out here. We've got the space. We have the space and it's something that I think I can go down there and do every evening for, you know, you shot for 50 shots and it doesn't make any noise. It doesn't, I, I like it. Oh, I totally like it. And I love the competition side of it as well. And when we showed up to this place, we just were sent a pin drop and it was like, Thank God there was one other chick, and we were just wandering the middle of the street at 9 o'clock at night going, where the hell? At 9 o'clock at night. night. On this, like, residential street next to a school going, where are we supposed to go? And um, not a clue. And then the guy shows up and is like, Ashley, yes, come with me. And then the other girl as well and uh, with Jason. <laughs> and we go down and it's underneath in this like storage bunker. <clears throat> underneath the elementary school is a storage bunker for the commu- for the village. And there was like the folding tables and like different stuff down there. It was just the whole. You kind of weave your way in and all of a sudden you're in this whole back zone and it's like their clubhouse. Yes. So it's re- Dank and dark, and there's no windows, but there's all the like they make all their own arrows and they make all their own targets, uh, targets, and they the animals, the fake animals, and all the little all the things that they do. And since it's and the machinery to make all of these things is right there. And since it's this open area downstairs, you can it's all you need is twelve meters for archery. So what's yeah. that? Twelve times three, thirty. 36 40 feet mm-hmm. it's not you're not sh- it's not like a shooting range where you need hundreds of so they have a one wall dedicated to it and different um targets and everything it was 
great. So we start talking about everything in there. Freezing. Absolutely freezing. Of course it you is. see your breath inside of this place. Of course it is. Um, but because it's freezing, they did mention that it's very important to note not to wear a scarf when you are doing this archery. <laughs> because that would be very dangerous. Because we all know Italians love scarves. And this is true. And it's hilarious. But he was like, you, you cannot wear a scarf. But um, so we're talking about also, first and foremost, it's about safety for us and for the others that we are around. So we went through all the safety stuff and whatnot. We talked about the arches and the bows and um, that it's like a Robin Hood. And there's the three kind of instructors and very hilariously Italian. We start at 930 at night, two days a week, which is nine o'clock at night, nine o'clock at night, which is we don't we don't go outside at night on account of the wolves. <laughs> it's true. We did not in the winter. I don't know. But um so we're going through all of this and then I he says, Any questions? And we're kinda of starting to wrap up and I was joking, but kind of serious, but I go, Yes. What about the outfits? And he goes, oh, brava. Very good question. This is very important. Um, we have decided as our team that we are the for the people. We are not archers for the king, for the noblemen. Of course we're not. No, we are the poors. You can't even pretend to be the, the noble archers? No. So the outfit is actually very important. The guys can um, make things at home, but they do have a color palette that they go with. Brown, white, that. It basically looks No like... black, because I had no idea black is the color for priests. Yeah, it's basically a hippie shirt. Like one of those shirts without buttons, without elastic in it it's think of like or like, like a pirate's puffy shirt yeah like a pirate puffy shirt uh -huh. i think of it more looking like a hippie sure hippie it is shirt. it is um but he said the women's outfits are much more important and told me where to go <laughs> and um it was just but we need to all be in the same era and same look for when we do these garas if we go to the competition together they were they and each one of them, as we were sitting there, had a members-only jacket on, sweatshirt or hoodie or something. Uh, think of the 80s silken jackets that, like, the football coaches would wear. Like, they're shiny with yep. the sleeves. Yep. And on the back is is is, is written, your, uh -huh. uh, like... The Arch, name the or name the logo. The archery, all uh -huh. of them had it. All of them Loved had it. it. I was like, where, it, I thought secretly, and where do I get one of those jackets? <laughs> um, you got to earn that jacket. I know I do. <laughs> um, so we're pumped. Um, the Also, the targets are so cool because we want to get some of those animal targets. I didn't realize if fake animals were extremely expensive. Neither did I. The they You can get a standing... Giant polar bear <laughs> standing going... <laughs> It's, it's about 800 it's euros. It's 800 euros uh, for a styrofoam polar bear. We can go down to the fox, which I think is about two or 300. Still still more. I, I just, I was shocked at the price of Me too, because I wanted to get like half a dozen of them and put them out back. I put them on out back somewhere and do our own little um, obstacle course. Dude, people will find out you have those and that is the things that will get taken. No shit. Or they'll just come back here to blow them up because it's like, look how cool. <laughs> I know. So we've we're, we've we've got stuff going on. I'm excited. What else is on your list? I, that's it. That's all the list. Yeah, we talked about a bunch of stuff. All right, very good. All right, bring us uh, wrap it up then. Oh God, and the phone's ringing again. You know where to find us: latavolamarche.com. L a t a v o l a m a r c h e. Follow me on instagram or facebook and you can follow leroy at leroy the great dane too um definitely check out the website we've added a bunch of new dates for um august and september october the truffle hunt the in october has sold out but we still have space for the one the first week of november if you guys are interested otherwise have a great week month whatever it is until we come back on here and that's it ciao ciao Sentire Media. Hey, podcast producers and show hosts. Do you want to join a podcast network that celebrates all things Italian? At Sentire Media, we understand the allure of Italy and its unique culture. Our devoted team of hosts and producers are all driven by their shared passion for Italy. 
and we work tirelessly to create the best lifestyle podcasts and content that will whisk you away to the very heart of Italy. With us, you can savor the mouth-watering flavors, get lost in the stories from the past, break down the cultural barriers, and truly immerse yourself in the vibrant traditions of this intoxicating country. If you have a great podcast idea or are already in production and would like to join Sentire Media, head over to sentiremedia.com, that's S-E-N-T-I-R-E media.com, and find out how to submit your show.